City Walk Up, Winter, 1969, by Cal Carolyn Forsha. There is the morning shuffle of traffic confined to a window. The blue 5 p.m. of a streetlight. A yellow supper left untouched. A previous month is pinned to the wall where days are numbered differently and described by the photograph of a dead season. If I could move from the bed, I would clear the window and cold-palmed watch myself at 20, walking in frozen socks with sacks of clothes and letters, wearing three winter coats from Goodwill, keeping a footing on the slick silence of the hysterical death. When I tell of my life now, it is not this version. I would see her climb three flights of a condemned house with her bags because she is still awakened by a wrecking ball swung to the attic ribs and the shell daylight that followed her everywhere after that. A silent implosion of rooms, the xylophone bells as fire escape plummeted, plummeted toward the ice. Even now the house itself is etched on the hard black air where it had been. No one knew about it then. Meals of raw egg and snow, rolls of insulation in which she wrapped herself, a blanket of brown paper and spun glass. From Kozinski, she took the idea of a tin can. It's white lard given to birds, small holes of punched light on her face. She wrote names on walls and was aware of her hands chewing the skin into small white scraps around each nail. She still eats her hands and steals bread. Street screamer, housewife, supermarket thief. We do not rid ourselves of these things, even when we are cured of personal silence, when for no reason one morning we begin to hear the noise of the world again. And I'm returned back to the beginning where we had those noises. There is the morning shuffle of traffic confined to a window, the blue 5 p.m. of a street light, a yellow supper left untouched. A previous month is pinned to the wall. And then we get into the image of this woman, this poverty. I wonder what happened. found something that might help us. I found where the New York Times had written about two poets. They're comparing her to Josephine Jacobson, but the way they write toward the end here makes a lot of sense that helps us understand what they mean uh, in, in our task of being and unbeing. <clears throat> and in this one, I almost think it's almost, you can't unsee some stuff. Um, the author writes, where Josephine Jacobson, Jacobson is circumspect and elliptical, now we have our, our writer, Carolyn Forsh, is blunt, unremitting, candid. There may be readers who object to her somewhat abstract and apoetic endorsement of a grief too great to have been experienced by any individual. 
So they're saying that she's writing in such a way that she feels this grief that is too hard for anybody to have survived. Uh, they quote some of her poetry here. All the mass graves of the centuries dead will open into your early waking hours. Belson, Dachau, Saigon, Phnom Penh, and the one meaning bridge of ravens, Sao Paulo, Armagh, Calcutta, Salvador. But her voice is never shrill or strident, and the horrific visions are nearly always contained within fully realized poems. In Salvador, after a luxurious dinner, the dried ears of rebels are dropped playfully into a glass by a colonel who says, something for your poetry, no? That must have been an experience where that actually happened to her. There are reports of mice introduced into women of men whose testicles are crushed like eggs. So she's talking about the torture of these people. And I think you can agree with me that if you've seen something like that, that tortures your own soul. Visions of starving children, quote, like a supper scrap filling with worms. It is unavoidable in poems so intensely political that names Carolina Francisco Jara, Torres, etc., are evoked that cannot communicate any particular meaning to the reader, and that the self-effacing technique produces an impersonal and at times rhetorical poetry. Can the language of poetry compete with journalism, one wonders? In the limning, in the limning, the graphic outrages of mass shootings, mutilations, and tortures? This is the country of quote, the razor, the live wire, dry ice, concrete gray rats, unquote, where a man's hands are chopped off by his captors and flung into a field. It's a nightmare country lucidly presented. So it's a horrifying nightmarish kind of thing, but she writes it with it so clear and precisely and almost, it's not a, a dreamlike expression. When Vieira was burned, we knew it had come to an end. His coffin rocking in the ground like a boat or a cradle. That's the one we just read. I could take my heart, he said, and give it to a campesino and he would cut it up and give it back. You can't eat heart in those four dark chambers where a man can be kept for years. A boy soldier in the bone hut, hot sun, works his knife to peel the face from a dead man and hang it from the branch of a tree flowering with such faces from becomes one is always forgotten. That's another one we read. I continue talking about um, some of her other work. Carolyn Force's first book, Gathering of Tribes, is a winner of the Yale po Younger Poets Award, introduced a poet of uncommon vigor and assurance. The country between us is a distinct step forward. But one tends to remember vivid fragments of poems rather than wholes. The cumulative power of the volume is considerable. So they're talking about the whole effect of all of it. And they read from her lines here. In what time do we live, the poet asked, that it is too late to have children? She's talking about her own grief that how can you continue living and creating people to live in the world when things are so horrible? A partial view, but no less compelling, no less authentic. 
One feels the poet has earned her bleak and wintry vision. And now we end us from the last poem that I read. We do not rid ourselves of these things, even when we are cured of personal silence, when for no reason, one morning, we began to hear the noise of the world again from City Walk Up, winter 1969. She can't get rid of all of these experiences and this bleak outlook because of the things she can't unbecome. She has stopped being who she was and she's becoming somebody else and representing those ideas in a very powerful but bleak and wintry way.